Welcome to the Paleo View. I'm Stacy Toth, best-selling author and co-creator of PaleoParents.com, where we focus on real-life solutions for families seeking help. I'm Dr. Sarah Ballantyne, New York Times best-selling author and creator of the Paleomom.com. I'm passionate about improving scientific literacy around public health topics. I like hashtags and bone broth. And I'm just a super nerd. Hello, listeners. We are back. And it's just us, but that's fun. Hi, Sarah. (laughs) I was going to say, I mean, we do try to keep it just us most of the time. I know. I know. Well, I was like, I was like, oh, what should I say? Like, and, and it's just us. (laughs) Surprise. It's like every other podcast. It's Sarah and Stacey. Um, (laughs) I, I I think our like regular listeners are that like that's their expectation. So, woohoo! Bar set super low. We met it. Yeah. The good news is, it is both of us, and that is something that I am super proud that we have done. What I believe is two hundred and eighty four episodes together. Every single every single episode. So a lot of other uh, if if people don't listen to a lot of other podcasts i mean even not just within paleo but but just podcasts in general when there's co-hosts you'll often have co-hosts like switch out and so um one might take take a show and interview somebody and then the other one might do a show by themselves and we don't do that because because we don't believe in easy (laughs) well the thing is if we did (laughs) it would be like sarah nerding out and getting super technical and me being like uh i just know how to like do this (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and I, I think um, I think one of the things that has made this podcast so successful and has um, developed such a large audience, it, it actually is more than six male listeners, I, I have to admit. Um, but what, what has grown the audience for this podcast uh, so large over the years is the fact that we, because of the way that we approach things, we certainly have a lot of overlap in terms of our priorities, but we still approach things differently and we have different sort of um, background knowledge and, and skill sets to sort of bring to these conversations. So one of the things that I think we get to do together is have these very well-rounded conversations where we get into sometimes some of the nitty gritty science and sometimes into the, you know, super duper practical and sometimes into the, you know, soapbox <laughs> ranting and uh, and I think it's the the balance between those things that I, I you know that's certainly what listeners have told me that they really love and it's certainly the thing that makes me enjoy this podcast. I don't think that I would enjoy it as much if we didn't have that that sort of yin and yang. So we don't talk very often about um, anything other than our six listeners. <laughs> But we're actually approaching 5 million downloads. So guacamole. So to those of you (laughs) who have hung tough, thank you so much for being a part of this. And um, I think the Paleo View is one of those like quiet, strong and steady podcasts. And we're happy that you're here with us to subscribe and download and recommend to your friends because it is seeing something like that, not just, you know, I mean, anybody could do 250 episodes of a podcast. Not like 5 million people who listen to the first podcast and go, whoa, I'm never listening to that. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, you know, that's, that's people Although, coming back. Don't go back to the first. It's not. I mean, the first might be funny, but <laughs> <laughs> maybe just skip to like 25 after that. No, you know what? I think we talk kind of negative about it, but I think there were some really good, conversations and nuggets in our early days of paleo that would be really good for people who are in their early part of paleo. And of course, we're in a different journey now. But I know we've had, you know, a lot of conversations with a lot of people in the community on this show. And it's, it's been nice to connect you all. So um, for those of you who have hung tough, I, I think I'm a little bit premature in saying 5 million downloads, but I know that we're really close. So um, 
thank you to all of you who have have helped us achieve such a wonderful thing. So, and it's not like we have you know five shows a week or something. So that's super super proud. Um, want Matt to put in like a little like cheering sound right now. Right, <laughs> like right here. Matt, it goes right here. Yay! Yep, that's where it went. So I awesome. I did something to celebrate me and take care of me this week. And I want to share something like this every week to inspire everybody. Um, just really quickly, I bought myself new pajamas because I feel like that's something that we as women and probably like underwear, I, I brought uh-huh. new underwear as well. Typically wait until mine have holes in them and no longer perform their functions. Right. <laughs> so I literally was holding like disintegrated elastic and cotton in my hand and was like, this is a problem. <laughs> Why am I not taking care of this? And so I just did, I spent about 40 minutes shopping on the internet for the things that I wanted and I bought them and they arrived this week and I cannot tell you how fancy I feel in my new pajamas right now. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I'm kind of jealous, especially because I am currently uh, wearing underwear with holes in it. So, <laughs> um, that was like totally TMI for our male listeners. But uh, I think this is one of the things it's certainly we we live within a, a fairly tight budget, and so it's one of the things that happens in our household is a uh, mom who works, you know, downstairs from home and doesn't have to have an office wardrobe um, is often the one who does without things like non-holy underwear. Um, so I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling a little like I I, I might take a. A uh, page out of the book of Stacy this week. It sounds. There you go. I've really in, nice. I've I've inspired something wonderful. So one person to my mom. My mom used to say because I grew up super poor, and it was like you you have to ask yourself if you um, were like in an ambulance and they had to take off your clothes. Oh my gosh, my mom used to say that too. If a, if she used to say if a hot fireman had to rip open your clothes and perform medical services on you would you be embarrassed (laughs) not say hot fireman well that's pretty much the difference between our moms right there (laughs) thumbs up the differences between our moms but then one time I was in an ambulance and they did have to take off my pants and I was super happy that I was wearing not the pair of underwear that I had with holes that 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 day so you know real life it can happen it can totally happen this was like deck 20 years ago so it's like a super old story um well if that's yeah. not inspiration to take care of your <laughs> business i don't know what is um well i have to say that uh we've been having some chilly weather in georgia and uh we've been enjoying we actually this has been a really cold winter for us like we that my kids school has five inclement weather days built into the schedule and we're already almost double that. Like it's been a crazy year. Have you been getting a lot of like, like I've, you know, like the, what was it? The bomb cyclone from was a couple weeks back. Like that was. So we have had, we've had unusual cold, but the precipitation has stayed South. So you guys are getting colder weather than you usually get. And you're getting the precipitation. Mm. Um, but it's not – I mean, we got, like, a little bit, but not nearly as – I mean, you you have gotten more snow this year than we have. Well, I mean, the the one snowfall that we had back in December was the most snow since I've moved here. We had seven inches of snow, like – and it stayed on the ground for a week. So we actually got to build, you know, like, a giant six-foot-tall snowman and a snow fort and snow angels and – like, we just – we kept getting to do stuff in that snow, which was really fun for us because we get um, only this like every few years sort of taste of real winter. But this year it's been like, oh, I remember why I was excited to move south. So I'm I'm super excited. Um, that being said, neither one of our little stories is relevant to the topic this week. We have uh, segue, segue, Stacey, we need something. Well, I mean, I had a segue planned, and then you had something interesting to say, so I just let it happen. 
Okay, how about this? Have you tried the Primal Kitchen coconut milk powder with collagen that's chocolate flavored because it makes amazing hot chocolates? Um, no. And I feel silly for saying that. Have you tried it? I have. And we, we served it with, I just like warmed um, some almond milk with um, the kids for a snow day that they had. And the um, neighbors even drank it without complaining. Like they weren't like, oh, what's this healthy stuff? So there you have it. Uh, now we can talk about coconut. Hey, Stacy, why are there so many treats made of coconut? Is coconut good for us or is it bad for us? I don't know. It's almost like I saw that coming. <laughs> um, this is actually a question from Annalise, who um, is specifically asking about coconut on the autoimmune protocol. But actually, coconut is a really interesting ingredient. So it's sort of worthwhile talking about generally. Um, but Annalise writes, what exactly is it in coconut that many people on the autoimmune protocol seem to be reactive to? Is it salicylates? The fact that coconut is on the FODMAP list, something else. It's frustrating to have so many AIP treats out of reach, and I'd love to understand more. P.S. Great meeting you. I'm booked for, Sarah. So this is exactly what we said on, the, on, on this podcast, I think, like at least a dozen times, is it is so much fun when we get to meet listeners out on book tour and... I, I love it. I love getting to meet you guys all the time. So I, and it's super fun to even do it this other way where we like met before and now we get a question or if I meet you in a, in a, at a book signing and you say, you answered my question on the podcast, like all of those different iterations are super fun. Um, but I feel like coconut is a really unique ingredient on the paleo diet. And I felt like there's actually quite a lot to talk about here in terms of, um, mostly pros of, of coconut, but a few cons. Um, and, you know, I think also it's one of those ingredients that people new to the paleo diet find very overwhelming because there's so many different ingredients made with coconut. So I thought we could kind of um, pair together a little science on, uh, you know, good stuff and bad stuff in coconuts and why it might not work for people on the autoimmune protocol and then move into some of like practical, like cool coconut products and how they can be used in the kitchen. Sound cool? Definitely cool. I am super curious about the science of it. I know I've got some uh, experience with different kind of coconut sensitivities in the family. So I'm excited, Sarah. Break out the science. So let's start with what's cool about coconuts. So... Um, even though their name has the word nut right in it, uh, botanically they're a droop. Although there's lots of things that we call nuts that are actually botanically droops. It's right, the seed, like at the pit of a fruit. Um, but what is interesting about coconuts is they don't really come from trees. Palm trees, I know, again, they have tree in the name, but they're not actually very closely related to other trees. They're actually even potentially more closely related to like a dinosaur grass. Like they are a, a very sort of different type of plant compared to uh, other trees on the planet. So uh, coconuts are typically not considered tree nuts. Um, in terms of allergens, they, they don't have the same type of cross reactivity that other tree nuts have. So typically people who are allergic to tree nuts are not allergic to coconut, although that's one of those like, check with your allergist. Like, don't just go eat all the coconut. If you're allergic to tree nuts, that's definitely a thing to do methodically and under medical supervision to test because there, there is the possibility of a coconut, tree nut, peanut combo allergy. So that being said, uh, coconuts are usually fine for people with tree nut allergies. And they have actually a very different uh, sort of nutrient makeup compared to pretty much anything else. I mean, they're very, very different from tree nuts. They're also very, very different from other fatty fruits like avocados or uh, olives. And one of the main ways that we see that is in the types of fats that are in coconuts. So coconuts are incredibly high in what are called medium chain triglycerides or MCTs. And these are quite short saturated fat molecules. So un uh, 
animal fat that has that is saturated fat, they tend to be much longer, um, basically carbon chains, right? So they're much longer molecules. What's cool about MCTs is they don't require bile salts to be absorbed into the small intestine. So bile typically helps to um, emulsify fats so that fat enzymes can break them apart. And then it's used uh, to create a structure around the fats and fat-soluble vitamins to help absorb into the body. And MCTs can actually be passively absorbed into the blood bloodstream. So they can passively cross the gut barrier because they're such small molecules, which is great if we're talking about uh, challenges to digestion. They are converted very rapidly into the liver, into ketone bodies. So uh, people know that we're not fans of ketogenic diets on this podcast. That being said, you know, it is normal to go into ketosis when we are fasting. It's normal to have uh, measurable ketones in your urine first thing in the morning. Like that, that's what a normal healthy metabolism does. And ketone bodies can be used as uh, energy molecules. And, you know, the brain loves to use ketone bodies um, if there's no glucose. So it can be a great way to kind of level energy and level mood. So um, medium chain triglycerides have this other benefit, which is why it's become sort of trendy to put MCT oil into coffee. But what's great about coconuts compared to going for this isolated source of MCTs, about 60% of the fat is MCTs. The other fats are still very, very beneficial fats to consume. And when you're getting it out of a sort of unrefined coconut product or like a like a you know, fresh pressed unrefined coconut oil that still tastes like coconut or uh, coconut milk, you're also getting a very nutrient dense uh, source, right? It's nutrients mixed in with these fats. So for example, coconut is incredibly high in vitamin E, which is a super important uh, antioxidant vitamin. It's also a very rich source of vitamin C, of most of the B vitamins, so B1, B2, B3, B6, and B9. So that's pretty much all of them except 5 and 12. Uh, no, wait, it's got B5. Never mind. So pretty much all of them except 12, which is the animal form of, of vitamin uh, B. It um, is quite very, very high in fiber, and it's very, very high in uh, phytosterols, which are a type of phytochemical that lower blood cholesterol. So phytosterols, think of the, the word cholesterol and think of the word phytosterol. They're, the sterol part is the same. It's the same part of the word. And um, phytosterols actually can sort of compete with cholesterol. And the, the net effect is diets rich in these particular phytochemicals are known to reduce LDL blood cholesterol. So they can reduce cardiovascular disease risk factors. They're also high in a bunch of important minerals, including copper and iron and selenium, uh, especially, but also calcium, magnesium, phosphorus, potassium, and zinc. And yes, I do have a list in front of me. I'm not listing this all off the top of my head. And what is also super special about coconuts, especially the coconut oil, is it has uh, these really, really potent antimicrobial properties. So it's antibiotic, antiviral, antibacterial, and anti fungal. So it's why coconut oil has all of these amazing diverse uses. It's super wonderful in skincare products. Um, and it's one of the reasons why people take coconut oil as a way of balancing gut, you know, flora problems, uh, especially when you're taking a whole coconut product. So you have the antimicrobial effects in the fats, but also the fiber to support, you know, the growth of, of good bacteria. So I thought that MCTs have actually like more benefit than just that. Is there? Is oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So MCTs are this really special fat that in addition to, you know, being this like super fast absorbed, um, you know, easily absorbed energy source and being antimicrobial, um, they actually are known to reduce uh, a whole file, a whole pile of different inflammatory mediators. So they can actually directly reduce inflammation. They are known to increase the activity of our main histamine clearing enzyme, diamine oxidase. So taking uh, coconut products or 
uh, MCT oils can uh, help some people with histamine intolerance or allergies in which histamine production is, is a big problem. They are known to help increase mucus production in the gut, which is a really important aspect of gut barrier health. So they can help restore gut barrier health through supporting mucus production. Um, and here's one of the things that MCTs does that's it's most of the time considered a really good thing. Um, but this is getting a little bit into Annalise's question that um, there is this, um, you know, it, it, there can be a double-edged sword, and that is that uh, MCTs can increase the secretion of IgA antibodies in the gut. So uh, we've talked a little bit about secretory IgA antibodies before, Stacey, because you and your mom have uh, a deficiency in these. Um, secretory IgA antibodies are um, produced by immune cells uh, in in the gut, and they are um, secreted into what's called the gut lumen, which basically means the inside inside the gut where all the food and bacteria are. They bind with antigens in that area and then they're recycled back into the body. And they're a way that our body sort of patrols what's going on inside the gut to look for infection and, and mount an early response. And so a you know, there's that sort of a healthy production of secretory IgA antibodies is considered a sign of a robust and healthy gut where this can become an issue for people with autoimmune disease, at least on a very sort of theoretical point, is that um, if you are dealing with a lot of food sensitivities, a lot of cross-reactive antibodies, if you already have high antibody production, if that's one of the things that's going on as part of your autoimmune condition, boosting IgA antibodies even higher might be part of a, of a additional inflammatory response. It seems to be a sort of a small fraction of um, people with autoimmune disease tend to have this sort of um, too much inflammation response to coconut products. And this is probably what's behind it. Although for most people with autoimmune disease, this would actually be a, a huge boon to, to gut health. I know for me, um, I tried to make coconut oil work because of what you mentioned and also because eating bile and yeah. Yeah. With the, the gallbladder perspective and all that kind of stuff, it just did not work for me. And I think that's, that's one of the things that, you know, people struggle with. And I know for myself, I tried to make it work for too long, like, because I was convinced that it had these health benefits and that the problems that I were was having had to have been from other things because coconut oil is so amazing. But, you know, I just did like this big thing. I, I did like a big blog post about how natural deodorants are really irritating for me because they're almost all coconut oil based. And every single one was making my skin like blister with open sores. And um, when I was using it to wash my face, it like as a oil cleansing thing it was also making my face break out and so I kind of had this like aha moment like my body is having an inflammatory response to coconut oil maybe I shouldn't put it in my body if on the outside it's telling me it's not working either and I honestly have had much better digestion and part of the reason I was doing coconut oil was because I was trying to help my digestion so um you know, I, I moved to things like avocado oil for liquid and lard for, or, or but I'm able to do butter. So we do lard or butter for um, a more fat type um, requirement. But I do think that, you know, for people that have autoimmune or, or don't have autoimmune and you're seeing your body tell you in some sort of way that something isn't working, listen to it. You know, there are ways that you can test um, how something is working, eliminate it for a while, reintroduce it and, and see how your body reacts. Because um, I think coconut oil can be really great for a lot of people. And, um, you know, I, I will occasionally do it. Like I had one of those hot chocolates that has the MCT oil in it, but I won't do it like on an empty stomach and I won't do it every single day or, you know, multiple meals a day or something like that. I just, I think we just have to learn what our body wants or doesn't want. Yeah. Well, and I mean, the reaction that you're having could very easily be driven by a food intolerance. Like you, you might just be intolerant to coconut. And I think it's important to, 
uh, remember that there's certain foods that are part of the autoimmune protocol and part of paleo that do have higher allergy and intolerance rates. Shellfish being a, like probably the best example, fish and shellfish are top eight allergens and they are such nutrient dense foods. If you're not allergic to them, they're an amazing, you know, contributor to a healthy diet, but there is, you know, there is this high allergy rate and anything that has a high allergy rate tends to also have a high food intolerance rate. So that's just, you're producing a different kind of antibody than IgE antibodies. And that's what an intolerance is. And coconut's on that list. It's not a top eight, but it's definitely still a relatively common intolerance. The other aspect about coconut that can be problematic for many people with autoimmune disease is that it is high FODMAP. So the type of um, fiber that is very dominant in coconuts is inulin fiber, which is a highly, highly fermentable soluble fiber. It is a FODMAP. It is one of the most well-studied fibers. I mean, you can get inulin fiber um, supplements as a fiber supplement. But one of the things with these highly, highly fermentable fibers is if you're dealing with imbalances and especially things like overgrowth, uh, such highly fermentable fiber can really drive fermentation. So it drives gas production and uh, bacterial uh, growth. And so it can cause symptoms um, of, you know, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, FODMAP intolerance. So those symptoms look like uh, gas, bloating, uh, diarrhea or constipation, like GI symptoms in general. And, um, and, Coconut is so high in insoluble fiber. Like there's for me, there's only a few foods that I that are high FODMAP foods that I notice any kind of um, let's call them GI changes rather than symptoms because it's it's not to a level of needing to worry about for me. But uh, it's pretty much like Jerusalem artichokes, um, a chicory root, and coconut. Right are like the three super high inulin fiber foods. That I, if I eat too much, I will definitely have some some GI symptoms, um, and I have to sort of mo- like moderate my intake of, especially like coconut flour, which is very concentrated fiber. And unfortunately, on the autoimmune protocol, uh, until Otto's cassava flour came around, coconut flour was really the only you know paleo flour that really worked for AIP cooking. So there's so many recipes out there that use coconut flour and and for people who do have these um, either GI symptoms or food intolerance type reactions to coconut, I mean, that that makes all of those recipes, um, you know, something that that's not accessible, which is kind of sad. Um, but coconut has a lot of, you know, a lot of great benefits compared to other nuts and seeds. It's super low in phytic acid. Um, it's you know, it really does have a, a lot of benefits and it, it really does kind of fit into a category on its own just because it's such a unique uh, food for us. I totally forgot about how common coconut flour was. <laughs> I also just don't like the way it tastes. I mean, if it's like a tablespoon or two, it's fine. But like, I just, if it's I've real. always mixed it with something like yeah. arrowroot or tapioca to, um, I, for me, it's not necessarily the taste, but it's the the texture. It tends to have this. Uh, if it's the only flour being used in in baking, it it tends to have this sort of, I don't know, powdery, dry. I don't know what it is. It's I, it's something I don't like. How about that? <laughs> um, but co- I mean, this is our our excellent segue into the many, many, many types of coconut derived products out there, and coconut flour is just one of them. It is a highly absorbent flour. So the typical rule of thumb to use it in paleo baking, if you were going to take, you know, your grandmother's bunt cake recipe and try and make it paleo is to replace flour, um, one to four. So one part coconut to four parts wheat flour. And I would say in my personal experience using coconut flour, it's still better to not replace all of the flour with coconut flour, but to mix it up with other types of, of flour. So you can sort of use it. I use it to sort of dial in texture sometimes. Um, but I, I find uh, I experimented with it a lot when I was first paleo and there was pretty much just almond flour and coconut flour as the two flour options. And um, now that there's so many other options that chemistry wise are, are so much uh, easier to, to 
um, sort of dial in and, and perfect. I tend not to use coconut flour for hardly anything anymore. Yeah, I think the only thing we're using coconut for is like coconut flakes because um, we respond better to it probably because it's less concentrated and it's um, not as high quantity as like uh, something baked with coconut flour would be. And it doesn't have that weird mouthfeel that you're describing that I don't like either. Um, I would say... You know, we don't do a lot of MCT oil things just because I'm usually the one that plans and buys things for the house. And I don't do it because I don't digest things well if I have a high amount of um, oil in general, specifically um, coconut, as I mentioned. So for us, I think we're really just using um, like coconut as it would be in something like a little bit you know, like it's a, like a little bit of coconut oil would be in the product and it's not a, a main part of it anymore. And it's, you know, it's unfortunate because I do think that it has great properties. Um, two of the boys respond well to coconut oil on the skin. And I think we've joked on the uh, show before about how, because it has all those topical benefits of being um, antimicrobial and stuff like that, like no matter what happens, I'm like, go put some coconut oil on it. <laughs> right. Um, uh, like but, Windex, but coconut oil. Yes. But that doesn't uh, work for, for me anymore. I've, I've realized that I, um, I, I have a different method for myself, but I do think, you know, one of the things is when you're consuming coconut oil, one of the questions that we used to get a lot, and I don't know if we answered it before and that's why people, you know, we're not seeing it or perhaps we're just not pulling those questions, but you know, there were a lot of questions about, well, which kind of coconut oil do you eat? Which kind of coconut oil do you put on your skin? And the, the thing about it is the more, ref, the more refined it is. And that's not to say that it should be, uh, it's not to say that you want one that's highly processed, um, but you want one that's been refined so that if you're using it topically, it, you're not necessarily smelling um, like you just came off a tropical beach. You don't like smelling like that? Are you sh- really? It's not my thing. <laughs> well, so I, I have to admit, so I use coconut oil as a makeup remover. And I do use the exact same coconut oil that I do for cooking because I buy it in the giant tub from Tropical Traditions. It's their um, gold label, which is their unrefined, highest quality coconut oil. But then again, I'm using it as a makeup remover and then washing my face. So I don't have the lingering smell. I think if I was using it as a straight moisturizer, I might feel differently about it. Although sometimes I do use it as a straight moisturizer before bed. But then again, like... I, my husband doesn't care if I smell it. I think it was the green label that I used that was less. Uh, the green label, the green green label, sort of naturally refined, so it it has much less of a coconut yeah. flavor. So it's definitely a good option if you're going to use it as a moisturizer in the morning. Um, but I've never sort of bothered having two different types of co- well, not in like five years, bothered having two different types of coconut oil in the house. <laughs> um, I actually cook. Um, there are certain things I really like cooked in coconut oil, like certain things where the flavor or the texture cooked in coconut oil is is just my favorite. I really like also like the mixture of coconut oil and ghee. Like that's how I scramble eggs for the kids is in a mix of coconut oil and ghee. And there's something about that flavor combination that I, I really enjoy. But I also I, – I cook with a fairly large diversity of fats. Like I've um, – you know – pure Indian foods, cultured ghee, but I also have Mount Capra, goat milk ghee, ghee, and I have avocado oil and at least three different kinds of olive oil and lard and tallow. And I have uh, lamb tallow and beef tallow. So I, I, I really do mix up the fats that I cook with. And I, I think, um, variety, you know, variety in cooking fats is, it's the same rationale for variety in any food, right? It's equals variety in, in nutrients, um, but the other ingredient that I, I don't know, I, I honestly don't know what I would do without is coconut aminos. Um, that's like our so true. Yep. paleo soy sauce substitute. And I, I can't do soy at all. So I can't even do like a tamari soy sauce. And um, I, I literally like will 
like panic if I have a meal planned that uses coconut aminos and then realize that my bottle's almost empty in the fridge and I'll like call my husband like, you have to get coconut aminos at the store on your way home. And he finally knows where they are for a long time. Like every time he'd be like, okay, I'll get them. And he would get to the store and he's like, tell me what aisle they're in again. (laughs) It's by the soy sauce. Okay. Okay. I'll find it. But (laughs) I, I would say that's one of those coconut ingredients that, um, is is very very unique because it is um sort of a uh it's made from the the coconut nectar right which is a like it's a whole different part of of the coconut yes well and we haven't talked about coconut nectar coconut um sugar slash palm sugar like i'm not even exactly sure what the difference is um but uh they're, they're the same. They're the same thing. They're different words for the same thing. The difference between, say, coconut nectar and coconut sugar is uh, sometimes it's a, a sort of um, it, the they evaporate off the extra liquid until it's like a syrup, or they keep going until it's crystals. But but they they are made from the same um, like the sap of the the coconut. So they're, they're both made from the same part and. Um, I, I want to bust some some coconut sugar myths right here because there's these this belief that coconut sugar is low GI and it's this you know it's all inulin fiber and that's why it's sweet and it's not um, you know that it's it's this like super you know sh- sugar that you don't you know you don't need to worry about and. The fact is, is that actually there's um, a couple of different reports that have looked at uh, the the glycemic index of coconut sugar and the composition, and one has it as a low glycemic index, and the other one has it as pretty much the exact same composition of sugar. So it actually is still mostly sucrose with a little bit of fructose and glucose. And there's these like conflicting measurements and the USDA has no information in their database. So, you know, when I talk about coconut sugar, I go, well, look, it's, it's either this like mostly inulin fiber, and then you just need to treat it like a fiber supplement. And like, you know, would you, would you be putting, um, you know, chicory root powder here, and how would that make your stomach feel? Or you treat it like a sugar and do you like it, you know, like the flavor more or less than a, you know, unrefined organic cane sugar? Yes or no. Um, you know, generally it's it's most sources would basically say that it is not any healthier than any other sort of unrefined granulated sugar. I knew that was coming. Mm. Um, I think it's interesting. I think we, as humans, like sweet things, and we don't like it deteriorating our health. <laughs> I mean, it uh, and is so it's like that bummer. It's yeah. that constant search for something different, and um. You know, I remember when I started paleo, like agave was everything because it, you know, supposedly had a low GI and then it was like, well, that's because it does because it's 90% fructose. Right. It's, you know, anyway, so we don't need to get into all that. But I think ultimately the takeaway for me when it comes to sugars in general is that it's a sugar. (laughs) It's, you know, if something is sweet, um, there's a reason for it. And I think, you know, we've talked before, I mean, my, my way of of the ideal way to approach that is we try to make recipes with whole fruits or things like that. I know you do the same thing. Like we add dates or something so that it's in a whole food form and your body recognizes the the sweetness and it's got vitamins, minerals, fiber, different kinds of things um, that, that help your body process and digest it. Um, that said, I personally don't think that you could turn around and take crystallized date sugar and call that, um, healthy in any sort of way. So we just need to treat it like what it is. It's a sugar. So pick, pick your poison and know that it's a poison, no matter what you're going to call it. (laughs) Just keep the dose below lethal. That's pretty much. Yeah. That's a good way to think of it. Um, yeah. So coconut nectar, coconut sugar, and coconut aminos are all the, 
the common coconut products that are made from the sap. Um, and the sap is actually obtained from tapping uh, the flowering stems. Um, so it's actually not the main like the main trunk of the of the tree. So there's a little bit of controversy about how um, uh, sustainable of a resource coconut uh, sap is for these products. And my understanding is that the companies that, you know, we tend to get these things from are practicing sustainable regenerative farming practices, but that it's not necessarily a guarantee. So um, I know for, I, I don't ever buy coconut sugar because I don't like the taste, but like coconut aminos, um, the, the brand that we can get is Coconut Secret. And I my understanding is that they practice, you know, regenerative farming practices with their coconut farms. I think that's a good topic to talk about, which is just the sustainability of it in general. Um, there's, there's a lot of different components to that, but I think, um, for me, when we're purchasing from, from any brand really where I'm, you know, actually purchasing from a brand, um, I look into the company and the brand and I make sure that I agree with their business practices in general. And I think that, um, looking at sustainability and fair trade, um, is, an important component when you're looking at things, especially like palm-based products, coconut, especially palm-based products. You know, in this case, we're talking about coconut as well. We're talking about um, chocolate is another one. Fair trade chocolate is like for, forbidden in my house to buy cheap chocolate uh, because it also has palm oil in it. Um, cheap, cheap palm oil. Um, and then the other one that's on our list of like must buy fair trade is, is bananas. But coconut and and looking at uh, the sustainable practices of, of who you buy from is important. And I would say that most of the brands that I'm seeing now, even like in Costco, you can get high quality coconut oil. Um, you know, you don't you don't have to have a, a you know to, to purchase things online anymore. I'll just put it that way. You can buy at Trader Joe's, at Costco, at, at places like that, um, good, good quality ingredients. And, um, it might not be as refined as the gold label at tropical traditions. Um, but it will, it will serve its purpose. So. Yeah. And I think, um, just to sort of expand on that tropical traditions also does ethical, um, sustainably sourced palm products. So, um, if you know we're we're not really talking about things like palm shortening and palm oil, but definitely Tropical Traditions is a company that we both feel really good about about buying from. Um, there's one last coconut product that I want to talk about that uh, we've kind of mentioned a few times, but I I think it's like my one of my favorite things, and that's like the full fat coconut milk slash coconut cream. Uh, I kind of love it coconut butter, coconut cream concentrate, oh. all that kind of jazz. Um, and frankly, we didn't talk about either uh, coconut milk powder, which I do want to touch on real, um, and, as well. And you also, thank you. Thank you for telling me about the existence of coconut milk powder. <laughs> because I now have it. I have it on Amazon subscribe and save because it's amazing. It's so, so convenient. Well, let's just talk about that for a minute since we're talking about it. With coconut milk powder... And with whole coconut, you can actually make your own coconut milk, which is amazing. Um, you can choose the viscosity. You can, you know, do whatever you want. I think, I know in real life paleo, we have a recipe for making your own coconut milk, and you probably do in your cookbooks mm -hmm. as well. Um, I think for most people, making your own coconut milk from shredded coconut is a lot of work, but the coconut milk powder is magic because it's already a powder. Just stir it into a glass. Yes. I mean, it definitely, it definitely dissolves better with warm or hot water. Um, but it's especially good if you're like using it in a recipe or something. You know where you're not Especially actually like when you want like a third of a cup and you don't want to go open a can or a box of coconut, you know, milk for that, you know, two tablespoons that your recipe might require. Which is that actually happened to me yesterday. I was like, <laughs> oh man, I need two tablespoons of coconut milk right now. Hey, guess what? I have coconut milk powder. It was it was it was amazing. I was like super super happy. 
The one thing I would say about it, though, is because it's like dehydrated, concentrated coconut that um, it's difficult, I guess, in the manufacturing process and it gets clumpy. And so it is often cut with things. So we'll put a link in the show notes to have anti-caking agents. Yeah. We'll put a link in the show notes to the one that we use because most brands have a corn based additive and the one that we use, I'm pretty sure it's tapioca. Yep. One that I have, there's a couple different options for ones that have tapioca based um, anti-caking agents. I don't know if I get the same one that you get, but I definitely spent a fair bit of time checking out ingredients and there were, there was, I think more than one option. Um, but there's also like, I, there's sometimes there's that whipped cream texture that full fat coconut milk or coconut cream goes once it's chilled in the fridge. Like that is not something that I think any other coconut product can replicate. Like I, I don't think powdered coconut quite does the same texture. I don't, um, think that, um, like that you can dilute coconut butter to get sort of coconut milk as well. I don't think that achieves the same texture. There's something really magical about that. And um, and the reason why I want to mention that is it's one of the most common additives in coconut cream and coconut milk is guar gum. Um, but sometimes there's other uh, emulsifiers in those products. And these are, we've talked about them on the show before, and I have a very thorough blog post about um, why emulsifiers are not cool ingredients, even though they're sneaking into a lot of uh, paleo uh, products and even sometimes uh, recipes that are you know called paleo and they meanwhile call for xanthan gum or guar gum. Um, they're they're gut irritants. They're they're not good ingredients. And there are more and more brands now of coconut milk and coconut cream that don't have. Uh, guar gum or any other kind of emulsifiers. Like I was actually really impressed. Even the Trader Joe's coconut cream now doesn't have an emulsifier. It's just coconuts and water, which is really, really exciting. Um, But some other great brands to look for are um, natural value. Natural value. Is that it? No. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. And uh, sometimes I know we get ours subscribe and save on Amazon, but some people tell me that you can find it at Walmart. Well, that's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like uh, the brand that I've been getting lately um, that Elena Haber from um, that I wrote the Healing Kitchen with turned me on to um, is uh, called Savoy. And it is an emulsifier free, but it's a very, very creamy coconut cream. And Aroy D is also another brand that has emulsifier free coconut, full fat coconut milk and coconut cream. So there's actually like quite a lot of options now. Um, but that 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 for me is it's one of those really special treats like is to have like coconut cream with some fresh fruit like that to me is it, it's one of those um, indulgences that's like a, every once in a while when I'm feeling like oh I can't eat whatever it is I don't know whatever it is that's one of those things that just makes the world a better place for me in the moment so the other um, thing I will mention about natural value is we previously had a podcast talking about how one of the things to avoid is canned foods because of how toxic some of the chemicals in the lining can be and the natural value has a BPA free lining which is one of the reasons I actually started using it in addition to the fact that it's additive free um and unsweetened those are the things you're looking for when when you see a paleo recipe call for coconut milk it's talking about full fat no additives unsweetened coconut milk can you buy sweetened coconut milk? Yeah, oh my gosh, yes. Oh my, I'm, I'm because a lot of in this a lot of world people think coconut milk. Oh, let me go get it from like the dairy section, like the drinking coconut that milk that you would put on cereal, for example, is going to be like flavored with vanilla and sweeteners and additives and stuff. It's not going to be just like a plain coconut milk. Got it. I think that's all. I'm sure we missed 18 things, but I feel like we missed coconut water. (laughs) All right. Tell me about, tell me about the electrolytes because frankly, no matter how much I was working out, no one could force me to drink coconut water. I find it (laughs) repulsive. It tastes a little bit like if coconuts were wearing sweaty socks um, and then wrung them out for you to drink. 
Um, actually, what's, which I should emphasize with coconut water is different brands have very, very different flavors. And it definitely tastes better cold. And it definitely tastes better when you need electrolytes. So it's one of those things that I enjoy greatly after a workout and don't enjoy most of the rest of the time. But there's I can tell that I'm deficient in something when coconut water tastes good. Like it's it's one of those weird foods. Uh, although some people love it all the time. I'm not I'm not one of those people. Um, but it is it is pretty much a natural sports drink. It is high in all of the things that we would want to get out of something like Gatorade. So it's high in uh, calcium, magnesium, potassium. It's very, very high in manganese, which helps muscle repair. And so, and it has a, just a little bit of sugar. So it actually is um, a, more mineral dense than most sports drinks for a little bit less sugar. So it really is uh, a fantastic um, replacement for those types of sort of hydrating sports drinks. And um, and quite a different, again, sort of a different coconut product because it it is actually the water from the inside of green coconuts. Um, so for young coconuts, which is what is harvested for coconut water. So it's, um, it's a little bit different. Like what you get when you buy a coconut and you like crack it open and you get the water in the middle from a young coconut, it's much more like the water percentage is much higher. So that's, that's why it's harvested at that point. And you, it is, um, used to make coconut water vinegar, which is a really, um, very different tasting vinegar from like apple cider vinegar. And it's a very good substitute for, Asian vinegars like rice wine vinegar. So that's that's my last that's my last couple of, of, of coconut ingredients. I'm sure we still missed something. I would say my kids did like if you have really active kids and um, you want an alternative to Gatorade and co- coconut water sounds like it's a good thing from an electrolyte perspective. They do make some that are like uh, flavored either cut with juice or whatever. And, um, my kids did like those, but I could, I honestly, like, I don't know. There was something about it probably because inherently I, my body knew that coconut (laughs) wasn't something that it wanted because I just could not drink it. It felt like I called it dirty feet water. (laughs) I know that sounds really enticing for everybody to run out and get it. Not the only person who describes it that way. Um, but, uh, but it, it is a lot of people do like it and I do find certain times when it's like the only thing I want and then other times where it's like torture. So um, I don't know what that is about coconut water, but it it definitely has that (laughs) two, two different flavors, amazing and putrid. (laughs) Awesome. Well, I'm sure we've forgotten a bunch of stuff, but hopefully what we have discussed has been helpful. And um, for those of you who either love coconut or are wondering why it doesn't love you, we've tried to address all of your questions. We will, of course, be back again next week um, in the vortex of time management. I'm actually traveling and in California right now, so that's kind of exciting. Um, and so hopefully next week I'll be back <laughs> and I can tell you my travel experiences and tips and whatever. Um, but... In the meantime, we hope you have a wonderful week. And if you enjoyed the podcast, recommending it to loved ones to help us get to that 5 million mark would be greatly appreciated. And of course, uh, using any of the links in our show notes or on our blog in general, the sidebars, um, anything like that is uh, greatly appreciated to help support the podcast. Because despite shout outs to several products in this podcast, we are not actually paid to endorse any of them. Those are just our general recommendations. We need to get get on that. (laughs) No, we have, um, you know, many times over the years, talked about this move of, of podcast to sponsorship. And we like to keep this a free podcast for you without uh, random ad breaks in the middle. So um, I, I second that. Um, other great ways to support us if you're, you're not doing online shopping is doing things like uh, going on iTunes and leaving a review or leaving a review on Amazon or barnesandnoble.com for one of our books. Um, or just engaging on social media is also a great way to support us and um, just comment, like, share, all of those things You know, are, are really important for us to be able to uh, continue to, you know, reach new audiences and um, continue to uh, do all of the the things and projects that we do. The other thing I want to mention is that social media algorithms have changed again. Like, again, all of them. 
And this time it appears that it's going to actually be even more significant in how much content you're going to be provided from the decision makers who own your social media instead of you and what you like or say you want to see. So if you don't want to miss anything from either of us, can you please go to our websites thepaleomom.com and realeverything.com and there will be a pop-up as well as an invitation to join our mailing list on the sidebars of our blogs and honestly that's the best way to connect with us anyway because you're guaranteed not to meet to miss anything we each do a recap once a week we don't spam you we don't you know sell your email on the black market um but it's it's a way to guarantee that you're not going to miss you know anything new that's upcoming like book tours or live events or you know, new blog posts or anything like that. So it also is helpful for us to, to be able to connect with you. So if you could do that, I would appreciate it. Thumbs up, um, for, for participating. I, when you said thumbs up, I like reflexively. (laughs) I did too. I totally did. It was just like, you just said thumbs up. I was like, dope. Not, not (laughs) only did I do thumbs up, but I did kind of like the, I pulled my whole hand out and did like the little gun thing. Like (laughs) the little Fozzie wave. Yeah. Yep. So there you have it. And, and we're asking for you to like us and that's what I'm doing. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. in someone someone needs to just gift that and uh, show it all over the place. It's Fortunately, cool. it's a audio recording and not a video <laughs> recording. Because as I mentioned, I am in my new jammies too. <laughs> just, that's, that's, there's so much. I mean, like the only thing that would be better would be like your hair and rollers and like a face mask on. Like that would be then. Yeah, my hair is naturally curly and a face mask is not a good idea for over an hour, people. Unless it's an overnight mask, your skin is not going to like that. So just mm-hmm. keep it to five to ten minutes. All right. We've taken up way too much of your time here at the end of the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. I feel like you got an extra bloopers with us just being ourselves. Um, and we will be back again next week. Thank you for listening to The Paleo View. If you enjoyed the show please take a moment to rate us on iTunes. You can also support us by shopping for our favorite paleo products on the sidebars of our individual websites or by donating through PayPal. No. I just snuggled Cole so hard that he popped the pop socket off of my cell phone. <laughs> I know what that is. I'm, I feel really like, woo, you said a sentence with a, like a trendy term. And I was like, dude, I know what a pop socket is. I don't have a pop <laughs> socket, but I know what it is. And I just feel like I'm, I'm kind of a little bit cool. My children went to school one day this week. One day. <laughs> one, one day. Is it because you That's have it. freaky Atlanta snow? Two inches of snow. And there's still a little bit of ice on the road. Oh, my God. This city just shuts down, and it's, I get it, I totally get it, but I really need to be in the house by myself, because I'm going a little bit crazy, and tomorrow they're not going to have school, and then it's going to be the weekend, and then they're going to be home again. I think they've been (laughs) back to school like three days. Since the holidays. Since the holidays, and Mira was home for two weeks before the holidays because of her tonsillectomy, so it feels like I have not been in the house by myself for like two months, and it's Almost true. <sighs> I'm fine. You could just get yourself an Airbnb. Except <laughs> I can't drive on the icy roads. Ah, uh, yes. Well, I'm, I'm stuck. I'm stuck. Icy roads and all. I just had an image of someone leaving a face mask on for like an hour and taking it off and their skin peeling and cracking underneath. Uh, I actually had, uh, I did like a party once where we were doing masks and um, it was in like a a public place not like my house or something and so I put these masks on these teenage girls and I was like okay make sure you take them off in like 10 minutes. The girls came back like an hour later and they were parading around the entire facility with these masks on telling everybody how they were like doing face masks and I'm like seriously you need to go wash that off and they came back and their skin was so red and I'm like what Obviously, like it just crusted onto your face for an hour. <laughs> yeah. Um, teenagers don't listen. No, that's, that is nothing more true has ever been said. I had a vulgar thing and then I realized it's probably going to go into the bloopers and was like, maybe I shouldn't say that. Um, 
fashion beep yeah i'm gonna beep 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 yeah teenagers man oh my gosh cole and finn smell so bad like what is happening Dell does not smell good so (laughs) i make her shower every day now i'm I'm like not a bathing person like i don't i know we neither i know bathing and I now make her shower every day just so that I can stand to be stand in the same room as her. So the reason right. that I snuggled Cole so tight and he broke my pop socket before the show was because he just took a shower. Like, he just got out of the shower because I told him he had like, to take a shower. You smell good for 10 minutes. I did. I was like, come here and snuggle me, but while you still smell good. <laughs> oh, I'm oh, such a loving mother. Puberty does not smell good. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.